Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. I'm a feminist and I was very annoyed by a male friend objectifying Reese Witherspoon and Zoe Kravitz in the new HBO drama Little Big Lies until I watched it and saw Alexander Skarsgård and his brooding behaviour and allegedly authentic erector penis. <laughs> That's a spoiler if you haven't seen it yet. Like you see his large erect penis. Penis! Erect! And nobody knows, Jess, if it's real or if it was a codpiece. A 14th century sword from a wizard called Alfred. Well, that's cleared that up. <laughs> that's all the fans are going to be so grateful to know. <laughs> uh, would you like to do one? Biscuit, I, Biscuit, I'm a feminist, but I'd let Idris Elba open the door for me any day. Biscuit, uh, Biscuit. I mean, obviously, mainly just because it makes it easier as a wheelchair user to get through them. Let's <laughs> um, I'm a famous... I'm a feminist, but I love cake snakes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, don't no, ask me. I was just going to say... But, no. Cake snake. Um, it's like a trout pout, but with an evangelical cat. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how the BSL interpreter is doing that. <laughs> that that's not going to make any sense. <laughs> Sausage! Uh, I'm a feminist, but if I had the choice Fuck. between a day at a feminist symposium or a cosplay madmen convention... <laughs> I'd lie and tell everyone the speech on parasite feminist art changed my life. <laughs> Biscuit. Biscuit, I'm a feminist, but I'd really love to do the ironing. I love you, iron. I love the fucking iron. <laughs> the iron is not my friend. Um, but having poor impulse control means I'm more likely to iron my face than the clothes. I love ironing. I really try and get my hands on the iron. <laughs> <laughs> and the hammer and the saw Biscuit, I'm quite attracted to sharp hard objects <laughs> sausage I'm a feminist but one of my grown up kids that I used to nanny for Fa told me he'd been on a date Biscuit. with a guilty feminist fan Fa and he'd played his famous nanny card Fa and I thought Oh, well, as long as the feminism is getting the boys I nannied for laid, it's all worth it. <laughs> it was a joke thought. It was a joke in my head. But I was quite pleased for it, you know. Biscuit, Biscuit, um, in the name of feminism, Biscuit, I'm going to hand over this last one to my ticks, as if I hadn't already. Biscuit, I'm a feminist, but I, I, I love cats more than I love softcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with Deborah Francis-White and Jess Tom, and special guest Becca Bunce talking about being an inspiration. 
with your best clapping and woohooing, Steph Masucci. Said that I messed up, but in truth, you blame me for what you had done. I was uncomfortable, but I thought that there was no way that I could have won. The traps and blackmail, the lies that soon failed, keeping me a trophy girl. I didn't know it, but I was growing in strength to feel little world. You talk your shit. With confidence, sing it one last time and make sense of everything you ever said. It's just no good because your lies don't make sense. They said we can't escape, but the most we're shallow and we got away. Though the distance hazed in the light They were callow, they were cowardly I saw it clearly Do you fear me? Cause I can smell you from a mile away It's never ending Lies defending The truth is waiting to be seen You talk your shit with confidence Sing it one last time and make sense of you ever said it's just no good because your lies don't make and I don't like to point the finger but this girl's got a sense of fairness in her if you're looking for some sympathy Sing it one last time and make sense of everything you ever said. It's just no good because your lies don't make sense. Your lies don't make sense. It's just no good because your lies don't make sense. Sing it one last time and make sense. Sing it one last time and drop dead. Thank you. And I should also introduce our sign language interpreters, uh, Joe and Tracy. Joe and Tracy! If you're in the audience, you'll notice there's only one on stage, and you might think she thinks there's two. <laughs> this is awkward. Joe on stage, Tracy in the audience, but you're coming out later. Yes, when there's more of us. It's like a relay. <laughs> this is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Our theme for this evening... Salad the dressing. 
Uh, is salad dressing. Nunhead. No, it's not. It's, uh, it's 15th century leprechauns. It's all good ideas, and I wish you'd said them before, Jess. Uh, so our theme for this evening is inspiration. Yeah. Inspiration. Inspiration. Inspiration or inspirational, which Sausage. is something that's often said to disabled people. You're so inspiring. And so we want to talk about the parameters of that now. Disability, feminism, and being inspirational. And sausage dogs. And sausage dogs <laughs> might come up. So Jess Tom... There's an outside chance. Jess, <laughs> Jess Tom, could you please introduce yourself? Biscuit. I could do. Biscuit. Or I could just leave everyone guessing. Biscuit. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, yeah, I'm Jess. Biscuit. I'm an artist and a writer. Biscuit. And a part-time superhero. Biscuit. Fuck it. Uh, Biscuit. I also have Tourette's Syndrome. Biscuit. Uh, beans. Cats. Uh, which is why I'm shouting about biscuits. And Banksy's love child. <laughs> and a helium balloon impersonating a pet. Biscuit. I wish I had your imagination. Biscuit. Biscuit. I, biscuit. I wish I had your control of your dialect. No, sure. <laughs> sure, I do see that. I do Sausage. see that. Yeah. I it, wish I had a masturbating hamster right now. I don't know. No. No. <laughs> no. That would be awkward. I'm, I'm quite curious about the, what the, um, the sign language interpreter is doing with masturbating hamster. Can I? Can I I'm going to say it again while looking at her. Masturbating hamster. Masturbating hamster. Masturbating hamster. Now. If you're listening at home uh, on the podcast, Masturbating Hamster is signed exactly as you think it would be. I should probably say at this point, I used to be a sign language interpreter in Australia when I was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, and I used to work in colleges because when I was a Jehovah's Witness, there were deaf people in the congregation. And so I learned sign... And first of all, I learned signed English. I should probably sign this while I say it. So, hello. Um, <laughs> I love cats. So, I just want to tell you about my cat. Uh, I, I used to, <laughs> the last I time used I to interpret the for the deaf, but now I, I, I kind of feel embarrassed um, because my sign, my sign language is, is quite bad. Fuck. Um, so, sorry. Fuck. Thank you for coming. Ketchup. Thank you. Um, if you were listening at home to the podcast, I was signing expertly there. <laughs> Like Nelson Mandela's funeral. <laughs> I was not sounding like at Nelson Mandela's funeral. Some people are going to think that was a tick, but it was a reference to the person who volunteered to the interpret and couldn't, it and just basically both. did anything. It wasn't. No, was it? It was. It was. A, was it? Was it yeah. a tick? It was biscuit. It was a brilliant tick. Biscuit. Though. Biscuit. Sometimes they're very suggestible. <laughs> So, Steph, hello. Thank hello. you so much for coming on and opening. This is only the second ever Guilty Feminist where we've had music. So, Steph, could you tell us a little bit about you? I am a singer-songwriter on the side of being a student. Um, I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and postural orthostatic tachycardia. So, have crap joints and um, just feel pretty rough a lot of the time, I suppose. Does that stop you being a musician sometimes? It has kind of... I have to find more ways around it, I suppose, having to sit down when I perform and things like that. And, yeah, sometimes I've had to cancel gigs and things. But, well, yeah. I'm so glad that you came here tonight. That's Thank a really so beautiful song. Me. And you wrote that song yourself. Yes. It feels like a real feminist anthem. <laughs> um, and I want it on my iPhone so that when I'm just about to go into an important meeting, I can listen to the confidence fuck you song. <laughs> Are any of the lyrics actually fuck you? No, but they might as well be, I Great. think. Great, good, that's what I took from it. So where can we hear that song? 
Um, you can hear that song at SoundCloud slash Steph Masucci. That's spelled M A S U W C I. Great. And can we give you money for it? Not at the moment. <laughs> but if you'd like to follow me on social media or anything like Great. that, we that would, would be love wonderful. To. Uh, do we just find you on Steph Masucci on all of the relevant social medias? Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. So if you download the song, please follow Steph and follow her career and get more of her songs Fact. until she starts charging us for them. <laughs> uh, please put your hands together for Steph Masucci. Thank you. some stand-up comedy then please welcome to the stage Jess Tom I'm obviously not going to stand up Biscuit that would be a miracle miracle (laughs) hi I'm Jess Biscuit I'm a fallopian tube impersonator I'm an amazing corkscrew I'm a fantastic Mr Bean novice Biscuit my special interests include bandwidth Alan Hansen, Pilates. Okay, Biscuit. They don't. Biscuit. <laughs> Biscuit. I also have Tourette syndrome. Biscuit. A neurological condition. Biscuit. That means I make movements and noises I can't control called ticks. Bye bye. So it's not, it's not it. <laughs> Biscuit. Head to Biscuit. I'm going to describe myself for anyone who might find this useful. Biscuit. And given that it's a podcast, that's a lot of people. I love cats. Biscuit, hedgehog. I'm Biscuit. I'm a 14-inch lizard. Okay. I'm going to try and describe myself. Biscuit. I'm a 30-something white woman of average build for a velociraptor. No. (laughs) Of average build. Biscuit. With curly brown hair and a very cool wheelchair. Fuck a sheep. Biscuit. I love cats. Biscuit. Having Tourette's. means I'm neurologically incapable of staying on script. Biscuit. So a lot of what I'm about to say will be a surprise to everyone. Biscuit. (laughs) Including me. Biscuit. Fuck it. On the plus side, though, it does mean I only ever have to write half a set. Fuck it. (laughs) Biscuit. And awkward silences aren't something I worry about either. Biscuit. Let's try one now. Biscuit. Everybody be quiet. Biscuit. Don't shout biscuit. Biscuit. Don't shout I love the patriarchy. I love the patriarchy. Don't do that. Wrong podcast. Biscuit. I love cats. Biscuit. There are a few things you need to know straight away. Biscuit. I love cats. That's not one of them. Biscuit. I hate cats. Okay, don't hate cats. I'm indifferent to cats. Cats! Cats fuck themselves up on a Friday. I've got no statistical evidence for that. Biscuit, biscuit, hedgehog, biscuit. Firstly, biscuit, you're going to hear the words biscuit, biscuit, and hedgehog a lot in the next few minutes. Biscuit, that's more often than you'll hear Theresa May talking about exit strategies. Biscuit, biscuit. But less often than you'll hear the Daily Mail calling disabled people scroungers. Scroungers! I'm a benefit cheat! I'm not. (laughs) Tiny Tim is a benefit scrounger. He's not. Biscuit. Uh, Biscuit. Uh, Biscuit, if you want to tick, shout or move around, Biscuit, please feel free. Biscuit, you can even heckle if you like. Fuck it. Biscuit, but remember, my ticks will always have the last word. Biscuit. (laughs) Biscuit whether I like it or not. Biscuit, the heckler I'm most worried about is me. Get off the stage, bitch. (laughs) Biscuit, hedgehog, biscuit, boobs, biscuit. I'll count this as a good gig if I can get through without biscuit impersonating a lemon. Yep, definitely. Biscuit, without headbutting the mic, headbutt the mic. (laughs) Biscuit, 
revealing my pin number, biscuit, or involuntarily talking about my sister's sex life. She likes to have the bum every four days. <laughs> biscuit, she once left a condom in the toilet. My dad found it. It was electric blue, so he knew it wasn't his. <laughs> She's pregnant and the father is an Alsatian, OK? <laughs> Biscuit, some of that is true. <laughs> Beans, cats. Biscuit, um, Biscuit, I'm assuming you've got this already. Biscuit, if I say something funny, Biscuit, you're absolutely allowed to laugh. Fuck it. In fact, it would be a bit odd if you don't. Biscuit. Asking you to laugh might sound like a cry for help. Help! It's not. Help! Help! I'm stranded on an island of jizz. Sorry, that's a cry for help. <laughs> biscuit, biscuit, Hedger, Hedger, biscuit. I've had Tourette's long enough, biscuit, to know that if I don't give permission to laugh, at least half of you will go home thinking, biscuit, I just laughed at someone disabled. I'm going to hell. Biscuit, you won't. Biscuit, Satan doesn't exist. He's just your inner ear. <laughs> biscuit, Hedger, biscuit. Oh, Biscuit, I'm new to stand-up, Biscuit, but I actually got my first review, Biscuit, seven years ago, Biscuit. It was in Time Out, Biscuit, and it was for my performance, Biscuit, as an audience member, Biscuit. Hedgehog, Biscuit. Biscuit, the reviewer was the comedian, Biscuit. Hedgehog, Biscuit. I'm pretty sure that's not how it's supposed to work. Biscuit, Hedgehog, Biscuit. While we all worry about being singled out by a comedian, Biscuit, that anxiety, Biscuit, usually passes when we stumble home at the end of the night, Biscuit. But no, Biscuit, don't relax, Biscuit. Your performance, Biscuit, might be publicly critiqued by me, Biscuit. Hedgehog, your friends and family might get to read my thoughts on your ability to sit and watch comedy. Bravado, Biscuit, Hedgehog, Biscuit. Biscuit, my first review, Biscuit, wasn't exactly glowing either, Biscuit. Biscuit, while my use of language was praised, Biscuit, my timing was heavily criticised. <laughs> Biscuit, Hedgehog, the comedian, Biscuit, also asked something I hear a lot. Biscuit, why don't you shout about lovely things? Biscuit, my main ticks at the time, Biscuit, were Lego and penis, Biscuit, Biscuit. <laughs> Personally, I think they're both pretty lovely in their own way. Biscuit, biscuit, hedgehog, biscuit, cats. Maybe not together, though. Biscuit, biscuit, imagine building a blowjob out of Lego bricks. Biscuit, Lego semen. It's got very sharp corners. Sticky. Biscuit, biscuit, you don't have to even use glue. Hedgehog, biscuit, hedgehog, biscuit. People often say it must be great to have Tourette's because you, biscuit, can get away with swearing whenever you like. Fuck it, biscuit. They clearly haven't met my dad, biscuit, hedgehog, biscuit. He'll listen unflinchingly to the most obscene ticks, biscuit. But he can always tell, biscuit, if something's involuntary or not, biscuit. I tick, I cc'd a donkey into my mum's cunt, biscuit, and he says nothing, biscuit. I describe something as being a bit shit and he tells me to mind my language. Fuck it! <laughs> biscuit, hedgehog, biscuit. I love words, biscuit. Deliberate or not, they're my power. Biscuit, they're my companions. Biscuit, biscuit, they will get me into trouble in airports. Bomb! <laughs> Bang! <laughs> biscuit, biscuit, that and the crack cocaine in my pants. Pants! <laughs> Sausage, biscuit, biscuit. In a time of Trump, Brexit and cocker spaniels that smell of sheep. <laughs> biscuit, 
It's more important than ever, that we use words to inspire people, to inspire change, to inspire Salman Rushdie to bring out a second album. I'm going to leave you with an inspirational message. Don't fuck a cockerel on a Friday, fuck it on a Tuesday. Okay, don't, not that. Search for the Imo Rainbow and invest in a squirrel's pants. And don't put Theresa May on a pedestal, put her on a locked cat chain. <laughs> Inspirational. Biscuit, look out for your reviews in the coming weeks. They'll be very warm indeed. Biscuit, thank you. That was amazing, Jess. Did you do a challenge, Jess? I'm doing a challenge. I'm in the process of doing a challenge. Biscuit. So thinking about the theme of inspiration, Biscuit, I have a bit of an uncomfortable relationship with the word inspiration Biscuit, because of how often it's used in relation to disability to mean just that you got out of bed. Um, biscuit. <laughs> I find it a bit of a difficult word and I find it a difficult word to hear about myself and a difficult word to say. But then I had the experience of going to an event and hearing someone speak and hearing someone who had challenged a really like, horrible situation and had created change. And I felt really inspired by the action that she'd taken. And I was like, shit, I've been inspired. Biscuit. So the challenge that I have given myself is to reclaim the word inspired because actually it's a beautiful thing to be inspired by someone or to catalyse change in someone. And to, uh, it's something that I definitely want to do. Biscuit, I want people to think and I want people to make me think. So I'm going to use the word inspire more and I'm going to use it for its proper meaning. Biscuit, not to... Um, praise disabled people for not having caved in to all the barriers in the world. Biscuit. Fuck it. Thank you, Jess. And I'm going to do a forward roll into a custard cream. (laughs) Sheep. And I'm going to milk a cat until it turns into a fairy godmother and I'm going to fuck a glove puppet. (laughs) More challenges than we've ever done. (laughs) Can I just ask, is the photographer in the house? Hello, photographer. Did he turn up? Oh, you're here. Okay. Well done. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> did you get some of that? Yeah, yeah. You did. Okay, fine. So I'm not saying, have you done your job? <laughs> but I'm saying you're a man. You've been employed at short notice by the guilty feminist. And we need to see the patriarchy working for us. Um, I'm so sorry. I've never met this man before. I basically put on Twitter, can anyone come? Because I just thought there's so much visual stuff going on tonight. Would be nice to have a photographer. And this chap, Darren, I don't know. Do you know the guilty feminist? Clearly no. <laughs> Just went, he basically went, I'm local. And I went, then you've got the job. Uh, he said, look at my pictures. I said, I don't have time for that. I'm sure they're great. As far as I know, it's all porn. Um, so, probably not appropriate. Uh, but I've said it now. Porn! It's a comedy show, come on. Inspiration porn. It's true. A hoover. Why we chose the word tonight, inspiration, it was chosen by our guest who's going to come on soon. Salad! As a sort of word with which she has, like Jess, a very interesting relationship. Welcome to the stage, Biscuit Deborah! She's going to do a rain dance about cats! I did the Harvard implicit test this week. Has anyone here done the Harvard implicit test? Just shout out if you've done it. I've yeah, done a few it. people have done it. Have you done it, Jess? No. Right. <laughs> um, 
So the Harvard Implicit Test, it's a study that Harvard University have been doing for many years now online to test our unconscious bias. Now I'm going to show you how it works in a minute, but what it does is reveal how we are biased in ways we don't know. It groups words together, associating, for example, positive things with Caucasian people and negative things with African-American people. And most people find that easier than positive terms with African-American faces and negative terms with Caucasian faces. Now, what they find is that over 50% of African-Americans have the same scores as white people because our environment is fucked. So every time we turn on the television, every time we listen to the news, the way that our world has since birth persuaded us uh, to trust white faces more than black faces, even though pretty much exclusively white faces have run the Western world for the last however many hundred years. And uh, look where that's got us. Isn't it true that white male faces do the best job at the environment, uh, the economy... Social justice, they're phenomenal at it. I think we can all agree. But we'll still imagine the CEO of a company as a white straight man. We all have that picture in our minds because we're all unconsciously biased. So I have a friend of a friend in New York City who's an African-American man and he does the Harvard implicit test every single morning. Do you know why? He wants to get his scores down. He wants to get his time down because the more the scores report that he sees African-American faces and white faces as equally positive, the more likely he is to not carry that unconscious bias in real life. So you can do the test to iron out your unconscious bias. You can work on it. I've did a lot of tests this week and you will uh, I'm going to reveal my scores now. I'm really very sexist but on the upside I'm only a little bit racist and not homophobic at all. (laughs) Genuinely true. But to be fair a lot of the words were like fabulous and glamorous and I was like of course, of course, yeah. I'm surprised I wasn't pro-gay and anti-straight given the words it was giving me to associate. So, these are all our hidden biases. This doesn't mean that if you do this test, you are overtly these things. It's all about being unconscious, how we've been trained to think by the patriarchy. So what I wanted to do was have a go at this test with this audience tonight. Now, I don't know if this has ever been done live before. It's normally done on a keyboard, and you press the I key or the E key. Um, But we will be able to just see the results tonight. Are you ready? We are going to find out tonight, in a very real way, how unconsciously biased we are about women in the workplace. Okay, it's scary. Ready? So this is the Harvard Implicit Association Test, part one. Shout left if you see a male name and right if you see a female name. Don't shout up. No, none of those things. Uh, No, no, none of those things are to be shouted by anyone except Jess. What are you going to shout if you see a male name? And what are you going to shout if you see see a female name? Very good. Okay. Uh, I do see, now, this was poorly planned, Jess. Uh, I think it's going to make it more fun. We'll see what it does to skew the results. Now... I have deliberately chosen here binary names and Anglo-centric names. Uh, If you're at home, please don't tweet in to tell me that. I've done it because I'm specifically trying to mine our bias and expose it. And that's most easily done with Anglo-centric binary names. Okay, so left for male. So if you see Bob, you shout... Left! 
And if you see Jane, you shout. Rise. Great. Are we ready to go? Yeah. Get ready. Go. Left, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right, left, left, Okay, very good. This audience was almost 100% perfect. Sometimes I screw them up even when they're at the basic level. Okay, are we ready? Okay, so this is the Harvard Implicit Association Test Part 2. Shout left for career words and right for family words. Now, there's been what I would call a negative orgasm in this audience. Whatever the opposite of an orgasm is, this audience have just had it at the very idea of even separating out career and family. Even the idea of a work-life balance to this audience is frightening. So we'll see how we go. Okay, so if you see a word like corporate, you shout. Yes. And if you see a word like nurture, you shout. Right. Ready? Go. You shout. Yes. Bob, you shout. Yes. Jane, you shout. Rise. Nurture, you shout. Rise. Go. This audience fell apart. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
they're going to happen. Let is this is that what happens? Right, it can happen. Let <laughs> I'm going to tell you about my challenge, right. and I think it's going to help. Yeah, go on. Let okay. So the reason I did this implicit challenge tonight under this topic is that um, I was surprised to find, because it always makes you say at the top, do you have a preference for, for example, disabled or non-disabled people? And I always say, no, I love everyone the same, because who is ever going to go, yeah, probably. So I said, no, I had no discernible preference, but my test score shows that I did. It said that I had a strong preference for non-disabled people, probably because of a level of discomfort I was raised with and a lack of elastic in the system to accommodate disabled people. So what I did as my challenge, now this was suggested by a listener who is disabled, is I took a trip across London, a trip I was going to have to take anyway, but I did it only using tube stations with disability access and where there wasn't disability access, I had to take a bus. So instead of just getting one tube home... And then changing at a station, I had to go... Biscuit, did you have to get the third bus? Because um, Biscuit just to allow for the sort of wheel, their buggy that would be in the wheelchair space. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I didn't do that. I, didn't, I just went, I'm allowed a bus. Okay, but right. what I should have done, so I should do that again. But Every what I other t- bus. But I went in the wrong entrance that didn't have the disability lift. I got out of the station that I thought had a disability lift, and it didn't. I had read it wrongly. It wasn't the station's fault. It was my fault. <laughs> and I had to get back on the tube and go back a stop. And I did the that. test again. And when I did the test, after having that experience, I had only a moderate preference that. for non-disabled people. So that. it affected my score and made me slightly less biased. So I imagine hey. if I keep doing it, if I keep engaging if I keep developing relationships with disabled people and I keep seeking to understand, then I believe that my unconscious bias will, if not be eradicated, certainly be seriously eroded. And so you'll be was... late for a lot of meetings. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. It's funny you said that because actually the charity Scope did a survey on public attitudes to disability and found that 67% of the general public felt uncomfortable talking to a disabled person. And that's just talking to someone. Yeah, and so I feel that lots of those fears and anxieties are really ingrained. Biscuit. Would you like to meet our guest? Yes! Okay, so our guest for this evening is a human rights activist, particularly campaigning on disability and gender issues. She's the co-founder of award-winning IC Change Campaign to help end violence against women. And President Obama once cited her out of his Obamary mouth (laughs) as someone to be inspired by. Inspired! Please welcome Becca Bunce! No, no, no. It was kind of between me or the stick, so... Stick? Yeah. Becca just threw down her sticks like Jesus had cured her there. It it had a miraculous feel to it, didn't it? Sausage. Um, Arise and walk. um, So, Becca, um, (laughs) could you tell us a little bit about you? I am primarily an activist. I work on women's rights and disability rights, which sometimes is not necessarily the easiest thing to bring together. The thing that I'm particularly working on at the moment is called the IC Change Campaign. Excuse me. (coughs) Just as a side note, when I laugh, it really, really sets off my breathing. And I have been really, really laughing, so I might be a little bit 
might have to take a few breaks here. But it feels I see- like everything we've done in this show has activated <laughs> the particular disabilities <laughs> we've invited on. It's basically like we've invited them on minefield hour. <laughs> We've said to some people in wheelchairs, uh, please come in, there's nowhere to sit and the whole floor's made of marshmallow. <laughs> it's kind of like a dangerous sport, but... Yeah. yeah. Down. So, um, IC Change is working to try and get an international law called the Istanbul Convention ratified in the UK. This particular law goes across all forms oh. of violence, um, including that- domestic violence, rape, sexual assault, FGM, so-called honour-based violence. So, so what we've been doing is trying to get a law through Parliament and... Yeah, there's been a lot going on with it. And as you said, it's been a really interesting time for me because to do this, I've had to be really open about being disabled. And sometimes it's felt a lot like coming out. So most of the time now I use the walking stick. Occasionally I'll use a wheelchair. Sometimes won't bother with any of it. And the thing that happens is that how people react to me changes. And it changes the power dynamic in the room. So if you're a woman who goes into a room and you know, you're trying to walk in and have a bit of power, especially if you're speaking to men. And... Often I have to go in and I have to negotiate from a very different position because the first question that I'm going to get asked is, what happened? What's wrong with you? And I think that when that happens, you have to think about how you're going to deal with that. And a particular episode this week, someone actually emailed me to apologise for embarrassing me by asking me the question. And the thing was, they didn't embarrass me. They said, so what happened? And I went, I was born. And it just kind of... Normally, I would like take it in a much more gentle way of like, oh, it's long term. Let's, you know, and then segue to me giving them my business card and telling them why they need to get on board with the campaign. This particular time, I wasn't really feeling it. So they got that. But I'm pleased we're doing this about inspiration. And I think inspiration porn was a nice tick there. Um, (laughs) What? I mean, when is it okay or is it ever okay to call a disabled person inspiring? Because I think it's something that comes up a lot. That's why we've used it tonight. Do you feel it's ever appropriate? I think... Excuse me. I mean, Obama said it, so it kind of must be. (laughs) (laughs) So the interesting thing is, what does it inspire you to do? If it inspires you to go out and campaign to stop personal independence payment cuts to people, if it inspires you to make your events easier for disabled people to get involved, if you're taking down the barriers, great, that's great inspiration. If what I'm inspiring you to do is go to the gym so you're not like me, so you don't have to face these barriers... That's not the kind of inspiration... Like, in some ways, I can't control what's going on in your head. So if that is inspiring to you, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> like, but if, if you are truly inspired by disabled people, you like being around them, you think they've got something good to say and you think that they can create a change, then be inspired to go out and create those changes to get them in the room. disability movement is also feminist and do you think the feminist movement accommodates disability enough because i think it's something that's really gets left out and it's taken us over a year to do a show on disability or even with the disabled guest or host um, that has brought it up anyway there may have been people on with disabilities that didn't mention it but in terms of inclusion the first thing i said was would you like to hear jess Dunn do some stand-up comedy and she went yeah i'm not going to be standing up <laughs> now she may i don't know you might think jess that that's you know stand-up has a meaning Fat biscuit. and you don't want to be not called a stand-up comedian because you're not standing up is stand-up yeah, an inclusive term 
Yeah, it's fine. It's just a biscuit. It, it's, it's an easy laugh joke. Yeah. <laughs> biscuit, and I wasn't going to stand up. I was going to stay yeah, sitting no, down. Sure, sure, sure. So it's in that way, accurate. In that way, look how inclusive I am. Sausage. <laughs> but what do you think of that, Becca? And what do you think of that, Jess? Like, is the feminist movement disability inclusive, and is the disability movement feminist? I think we've started to talk a lot more about intersectional feminism, and I think. Fact. Intersectionality as a concept, so the idea that all of our identities intertwine Fact. and this compounds into how we experience oppression is quite an important Fact. way of viewing it. So Fact. me being a white disabled person, I have a very different experience Fact. to say a BME disabled person. And we've got to recognise these differences. But as a very live example, Fact. when it came to the Women's March on London, which I'm genuinely really proud of happening, I'm proud of the people Fact. that got out and were there and were protesting and were making Fact. noise... They didn't put the access information up until a couple of days before, and I know that because I was the person that was DMing them with how to do it. And one of the really powerful lessons to me was I do stuff with the Women's Equality Party. And when I said to them, look, this is really getting to me, I actually called up in tears because I really wanted to be there. It meant a lot. Like, to be visible on that day meant something. And I'm part of a group called Sisters of Frida, who are a disabled women's collective. And we were saying, well, how are we going to tell people if they can turn up if we can't tell them what the access is? And the Women's Equality Party started organising, and also at the same time, the Women's March also did, to make sure that it was accessible. And the Women's Equality Party marched deliberately with the Sisters of Freedom block, because what was offered was a separate block for disabled people. And for me, that is not how we march. We march together, and we have to think about this. So part of it is is that often what you'll find is that... So if I want to go to a feminist event which I, I'm a nerd. I enjoy going along to them. Fact. I have. Hey, you're at a feminist event now. Hey, yeah. something nerdy about this. This is cool. Fact. It's super cool. <laughs> All about the cool. Just Tom yeah. and I are here. What? Head Do you have yeah. to just Tom and the <laughs> <laughs> We're awkward hand grab. <laughs> like Donald Trump and Theresa May. <laughs> I hope that was a tip and not your opinion. <laughs> Hold on, which one of us is Donald Trump? At least, I hope I'm at least Theresa May. In that scenario, I never thought I'd say... I, I love pussy! <laughs> I think that's because Trump's come up. Pussy, yeah. yeah. That's in your... Yeah, that's in your bag of associations. Cats. It's interesting, isn't it? That's an interesting one. For- what does a person with Tourette's associate with you and can't stop saying? With pussy. Trump, it's... Pussy. It's pussy, yeah. Sausage. This is a weird game. <laughs> What if I say the queen? The queen... Lizard! <laughs> what about me? The sausage! <laughs> I, I love cats. Very, very competent host. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's strong work. It's strong work. Did you go on the march, Jess? No, I didn't go on the march. I wasn't actually in the country at the time. But I would have gone if I could have done, and if it was accessible. Often people create disabling barriers just by lack of thought, because they haven't thought it through. If it's not part of your lived experience, if you don't have to plan everything two or three weeks in advance, then, you know, they might not think it's a big issue to only put the information up at the last minute. But as a disabled person, Biscuit, lots of elements of my life are about planning and thinking ahead and being ready to 
overcome barriers that society puts in my way. Biscuit. And when you were saying you often want to go to disabled events and then we interrupted to play a ridiculous game, (laughs) were you going to say something about the accessibility of those events? Yeah, so things about getting the information out there. Why isn't there a disabled person on your team? If you want events planners, the best events planners are disabled people. We know how to do this. (laughs) But there's another element to it, which is, did you even imagine a disabled person's going to be showing up? And I think often that's a really uncomfortable question. And the thing that a really good friend of mine, Zara, told, the question she always gets people to ask is, look around you, look who's in the room, who's not here? The difficulty of being the one disabled person having to be all Mariah Carey as you show up going, hey, so I'm going to need that chair moved over there. And this lighting's not working for me. So sorry, you're going to have to sort this all out. It's really, really hard. And actually to take that time to work with people and to work, it's about lead time. It's about budgets. I know it sounds really Fat. boring, but Fat. actually a lot of the time it's about where power sits Fat. is often with people with money and people Fat. who are decision makers. And if we don't start by making the decisions with Fat. the people who know what the impact is going to be, it's not going to change. Fat. So 67% of people being awkward talking to a disabled person, I think there was something like 50% of people didn't even know a disabled mm-hmm. person. Fat. The other thing is, I guess we haven't really addressed this, is what's disabled. Fat. Mm-hmm. What is it to be a disabled person? Mm-hmm. And the social model of disability is different to the medical model. And I'm not sure how familiar people are in here with these, but medical model of disability is the idea that the problem is with you. It's Fact. with your impairments and the things that are wrong Fact. with your body. The social model of disability sees it differently. It sees it as society. It's about Fact. the environment that you're within. It's about the Fact. attitudes and the institutions. So the name of the show, Fact. when I suggested inspiration, it came from a Fact. talk from Stella Young where she uses the phrase inspiration porn. Cat! For me, it was a really defining moment for me being able to come out as a disabled woman to see that talk. Because one, she does it with humour. Two, she doesn't sugarcoat what is actually the problem about the idea that you're objectifying someone else for your own use. That is why it's pornographic. That's what this inspiration porn is. But she also moved it on to... Have you seen those memes like the only disability in life is a bad attitude? (laughs) So she talks about why that's a load of bullshit. And the reason it is, and I'm really directly quoting her here, is that no amount of smiling at a flight of stairs has ever turned it into a ramp. (laughs) (laughs) This is the main thing here, is that there's things that I can do. And I can get up, I can turn up to meetings, I can go and throw up halfway through a meeting, I can walk back in, I can tell people that I need to sit down when I give a talk. Like I can tell people what my needs are and what I can do to include myself in the room. But there is a limit to that. And at the point where there is a limit, that's where we need to start making it more inclusive. And for the feminist movement, we've got a long way to go. And it's the same for the disability movement with women, that actually often the disability movement can be quite macho, which this might be for another time. (laughs) Tell us about that. With the social model of disability, because we're talking about it being external, sometimes it loses that bit which we talk about often in feminism, which is about the experience of our body. Mm and the experience of the personal and the private. And by not being given that space to talk about what we're experiencing, it does a couple of things. One, it means that you can't relate to other people. Like, there's something about vulnerability, the fact that we're not allowed to talk about our own vulnerability. Here's the thing. We are all vulnerable. How much our vulnerability is revealed is about what the structures of society are. So I'm going to give you an example. You're ordering food to your home. You are getting someone in to do the cleaning. Fat. You're getting cars to and from work. Have you got a webcam on me? That's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you, it's rude, Becca, is what it is. But are you a disabled woman? 
who's trying to get to and from work maybe in what people assume will be a volunteering so, position? Or are you a young male who works for a tech company who's created a load of apps that work for him to make the world easier for him to so, live in? Why is that structure different? And it's about who's got economic power so, and who has got status in society. When we talk about vulnerability, we are all connected. We all rely on other people to do things. The clothes that we're wearing, our ability to travel here today, everything is reliant on other people. The level to which my vulnerability is revealed is because the way the world is structured means that I have to really openly state it. And it means that there's another thing, which is when I have to walk into a room and say, this is what I need to be here, how much thinking has already happened to make sure that you're included in this room so you don't have to state that? And I think that when you start questioning that, you start looking at, well, wait a second, this isn't about disability and it being a kind of switch point. It's about there are certain things that are allowing me to be in this space comfortably and there are certain things that mean that actually I'm excluding other people and at that point you can call it out. You're so right when you say this. I've just realised listening to you, I'm entirely dependent. I'm a dependent human. And the amount of deliveries I've had in the last fortnight, <laughs> slash halo cabs that have come to the door, I've just realised, like, if I were on a desert Fat. island or something, I'd, well, I'd be dead in about 48 hours. Um, but those Biscuit. things are seen as sort of glamorous. You know, Biscuit. you order a halo cab to the door or whatever, Fat. but it's, what you're saying is if it's a disabled need, it's exposed Fat. as somehow extra and poor you. Biscuit. But also, there, Biscuit, lots of those needs are born out of, Biscuit, out of barriers, the fact that we don't have an accessible transport system. Yeah. Like they're not born out of me needing those things because of my body. They're born out of me needing those things because we haven't set up our society, Biscuit, to consider people who do things differently. Mm. Biscuit, so if I have to get, you know, I travel by taxi across uh, Biscuit, this city all the time but I do that because our transport system is largely non-accessible in terms of the cumulative impact of having your body problematized or having to educate and explain biscuit your requirements biscuit can be exhausting and it often means that sits with an individual rather than thinking about what we can do to create accessible and inclusive spaces that actually then work much better for everybody. Biscuit. And Biscuit, it's not hard. It's simply the difference between assuming that everybody can do things exactly the same, Biscuit, and understanding that some people do things differently. Biscuit. Fuck. Sausage. What would you like to plug? A sausage. Um, so if you can... Sorry. <laughs> Why not? Um, so at IC Change UK is the campaign, and you can find me on Twitter as well, at underscore Bunts. Um, and also Sisters of Frida Disabled Women's Collective, which is cis, S-I-S-O, and then Frida. Find Rebecca there. Uh, Jess, would you like to plug anything? Biscuit, sausages, no, biscuit, um, biscuit, um, biscuit, just if you're interested in Tourette's Hero, check out our website, Tourette'sHero.com. Fuck, biscuit. And I'm also going to, biscuit, tell biscuit, tell you about, you can follow the Guilty Feminist on Twitter, at guiltfem. Biscuit, biscuit, check out our Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash the Guilty Feminist, forward slash Boris Johnson licks his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to read that again without no, Boris? It's fine, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm prepared to change it to make that work. 
Biscuit, like our Facebook page, sign up to our mailing list, uh, Biscuit, to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. And Biscuit, start like Star Wars. Biscuit, uh, Biscuit, and please go to iTunes and rate and review and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. Right, and it's at GuiltFemPod our Twitter. I would like to plug Global Pillage, which is my uh, diversity-based comedy panel show. You can come and see it on June 3rd and 4th, 4 o'clock here. There's lots of radio television buzz around it at the moment, so if you'll come and support it and listen to it at globalpillage.net, then we'll get on the telly or on the radio and it'll be proper in as much as there'll be much more representation. Um, (laughs) Whimsical. To play us out, Steph Masucci. Please sing along. At first I was afraid, I was petrified Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side But then I spent so many nights thinking of how you did me wrong And I grew strong, and I learned how to get along And so you're back from outer space I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face Should have changed the stupid lock, I should have made you leave the key If I'd have known for just one second you'd be back to bother me Go on now, go, walk out the door, just turn around now Cause you're not welcome anymore Aren't you the one who tried to break me with goodbye? to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, and guest co-host Jess Tom, and our special guest, Becca Bunce. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. Music was by Mark Hodge and Steph Masucci. The producer was Tom Selinski for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Meta, Sally, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. And thanks for Joe and Tracy for sign language interpreting. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Like, is the disability movement also feminist and is the feminist movement also disabled? I mean, also disability aware. Do you know what I mean? Um, Sorry, can I ask that again for the edit? Because I don't want to sound like a fucking idiot. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's horribly impaired. (laughs) End of edit. (laughs) Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 